we're in Exodus. Anybody been having fun in this series? Genesis and Exodus, we're going to keep going then after this. We're going to go a little bit in Joshua, a little bit in Judges, the JJs. Maybe that'll be the name of the series, JJ, what's up? Uh, that goes hard. Uh, okay, so turn in your Bibles, if you have them, to chapter 15 of the book of Exodus, which Exodus translated means the road out. And so I changed it, translated in the Brett translation, the way out. Okay. So uh, let's do some background here before we get started, and then it's going to be absolute fuego. Everybody say fuego. We are, we are a bilingual youth group here, and so, uh, well, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Sorry. Don't get mad at me. Um, chapter 15, we're going to start in verse 22. Chapter 15, verse 22. Um, so here's some background. Um, Moses, right, we, we hear the story, Moses got saved in the Nile River, he grows up in Pharaoh's house, uh, then later on he gets exiled because he killed someone, uh, trying to protect him, it's kind of a bad, bad mix, then he goes and gets married, he comes back, God tells him, hey, go and free the Israelites, and he's like, bro, everybody hates me, and he's like, it's cool, I got you, and he's like, uh, I kind of stutter sometimes, or yeah, I have a list, I don't know what it was, but he said, I don't speak good, and um, and God said, I made your mouth, it's cool, go. And he said, but I'm kind of scared. So him and Aaron, his brother, they went uh, and they go and tell Pharaoh, let my people go. Oh. And they say it over and over and over again, let my people go. Right? And he wouldn't do it. Pharaoh's like, nah, nah. So then what does God do? God sends ten plagues. How many plagues? Ten, ten plagues. And each plague represented something uh, in regards to the character of God and, and the, the God that we know as the creator, right? And so a lot of crazy things, water turned to blood, which later on in the New Testament we see it's kind of cool. Jesus turns water into wine. And, uh, and, and then we see there's like frogs and locusts and the, the cattle get sick. And then uh, the final straw, the last one, is the, the death of the firstborn children. Yahweh gives, Yahweh, who's God, that's his name, right? When he says, I am that I am, that means Yahweh. Uh, he tell, God tells everyone, hey, like, you've got a chance to get out of this. Even the Egyptians, if you, if, if, if you sacrifice the lamb and put the blood of the lamb over your doorpost, we'll pass over, right? Uh, <clears throat> the Egyptians um, say cap, uh, and, uh, and, you're like, uh, they say bat, and so uh, so the Egyptians don't do it, and then um, and then their firstborns die, and, and Pharaoh is is upset, freaking out. He says, "Get out of here!" Then they go, and they go up to the to the Red Sea, right? They get led by God into this kind of valley. That's what we talked about last week. Pharaoh's like, "Actually, J.K., let's go get him." He goes part the Red Sea. The Egyptians die in the sea. The Israelites get through. Now we're here. Everybody with me? Okay. They just got freedom. Can you imagine if you were enslaved for five years? If you were enslaved for ten years, right? These, these Israelites were enslaved for years and years and years. And can you imagine seeing your mom, your dad, your brother, your sister getting beaten as they're working endlessly, brick building. And then someone comes along, hey, we got a way out. And then you're like, okay, we go. The sea parts. 
You walk through the sea, you see the waves, you see the whales going through there, the sharks. You see a cute little fish, shark, no, I'm just kidding. You, you, right, you're walking through and you get out and the, the Egyptians die. You're, the fear that they're going to still come after you is also gone because God ended the army. And then you get there on the other side. Raise your hand if you'd be grateful. Thanks. We think back to the time of slavery in our own country. We fought a civil war, north versus south, for the right for people to have freedom. And then after that, it still took years to, for, 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 for people. We're still dealing with, with, with stuff today, but, but it, it's gotten better and better and better and better. And, but, but at the end of it, when, when the slaves were freed, there's gratitude, right? I'm free. But these bozos, God sends 10 plagues. God provided for them. God leads them out. Kill the people that are chasing them. And they still tell Moses, I'm hungry. I'm thirsty. Why would you lead us out here to die? Can you imagine that? Can you imagine being God? Wait. <laughs> Can you imagine that? Has there ever been a time in your life where you, you walked with somebody through a tough time? You did everything you could. You gave them almost your whole life. And, and, and you tried your hardest. You gave them this gift. And at the end they're like, Seriously? You're not going to text me back? That's how God feels. God's like, wait, wait a second. If I remember right, Pharaoh threw all of your children in the Nile River. And then you were getting beaten every day. And you were slaves. And there was no end in sight. And you were crying out to me. God rescue us, and I did, while also performing signs and wonders so you know it was me. I parted the Red Sea. You walked through it. I took out the enemies that were chasing you, and you're worried about water? You're worried about food? You think the God that parted the Red Sea would not give you a little something to eat? We are astonished by this, but sometimes this is us. We look in the past. If you really pay attention, God has led you through over and over and over again. God has brought you out. I know this is starting heavy. It's going to get less heavy. But God has led you out of the darkness. God has walked with you through things that are tough. And then you get frustrated at God because your friend's giving you the cold shoulder at school. Or you went to convention and you didn't really feel nothing. Thanks a lot, God. Wasted 185 bucks on you. He's like, say what? Remember that thing called salvation? Like, remember Jesus paid it all? 
Except for the 185 bucks, you got to pay that. 300 for camp. 299 actually. <coughs> um, so, sorry, story behind that. The movement church is going with us. And I was like, how much are you guys charging? I'm thinking about doing 300 They're like, we're doing 299 I was like, ooh, okay. I was like, fine, we're going to do $299.99. Um, just kidding. But can we relate? Raise your hand if you can relate. That there's times where God has been so faithful to you and then we just, hey, God, I'm thirsty. He's like, what? So, tonight's message is going to be on how even in the midst of your grumbling, God provides. In the midst of us being frustrated with a God who's always been faithful, he does what he always did and provides. So if you're going to title tonight's message, it's going to be Jehovah Jireh. You guys heard that song? Jireh, you are enough. You heard that one? Jehovah Jireh. This is cool. Uh, you guys remember in uh, Genesis chapter 22 when, and you're like, yes. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, yes, I do, Brad. I remember. Uh, remember in Genesis 22 when God asked Abraham to sacrifice Isaac. You guys remember? He goes up on the most awkward hiking trip of all time. And they get to the top and he ties him up and he's like, hey. Right? And, and and Isaac's like, ah, right? And then and then wait, down, look over there. And there's a ram in the thicket. Remember that? Abraham takes the ram instead of his son, sacrifices the ram. And what does he call the place? He calls the place Yahweh. Yahweh. Later on they translate it as Jehovah Jireh, because uh the, tr- the tradition of the Jews was not to say the name Yahweh. It was too holy. But God told us to say it, so I'm going to say it. Sorry. So, sorry if you're offended. But, so that's where we get Jehovah Jireh, right? That's the name of the place where God provided a way out. Make sense, everybody? God provides. The cool thing is, Jehovah Jireh translates directly to Yahweh will see to it. That's tough. So, I'm hungry. Yahweh will see to it. I'm thirsty. Yahweh will see. I'm anxious. Yahweh will see to it. Right? I don't have a good relationship with my parents. Yahweh will see to it. We don't have enough. My family doesn't have enough money to pay rent this month. Yahweh will see to it. Amen? God will see it through. God always provides. And so tonight, I've got four things, four ways that God provides for the Israelites in this story. Everybody say four. Four. Okay, here we go. Verse 22. Then Moses led Israel from the Red Sea. Oh, that's where we are. And they went out into the wilderness of Shur. And they went three days in the wilderness and found no water. Three days. That's a lot of days without water. And it's actually about the maximum that you're supposed to go without water. When they came to Mara, they could not drink the waters of Mara, for they were bitter. Therefore, it was named Mara. So the people grumbled at Moses, saying, What shall we drink? Then he cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree. And he threw it into the waters. And the waters became sweet. Moses said, 
I'm going to chop down that tree, throw it in this lake. There he made for them a statue and regulation, and he tested them. And he said, if you will give earnest heed to the voice of the Lord your God, and do what is right in his sight, and give ear to his commandments, and keep all his statutes, I will put none of the disease on you which I put on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord, I am your healer. Tough. So he provides water, right? Next, chapter 16. They're grumbling. God just provided water. They're still, man, now what, what, what do they say? They say, that's all good and stuff, but I'm hungry. Everybody say, I'm hungry. Hi, hungry. I'm God. That's what he says. No, I'm just kidding. Verse 3. The sons of Israel said to them, what, would, what that we had died by the Lord's hand in the land of Egypt when we sat by the pots of meat, when we ate bread to the full, you have brought us into the wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. They said, bro, when we were slaves, we got to eat meat. We got to cook our food. Now we're sitting here starving. You brought us here to die. Ungrateful. Then the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a day's portion every day. Then I may test them whether or not they will walk in my instruction. So he does that. So, so, so God gives water. God rains down bread <laughs> from heaven. Can you imagine waking up and there's just bread all over the place? Not that, not that type of bread, but you know, like, <clears throat> just regular eating bread. That'd be cool too. <laughs> Let's get this bread. Uh, <clears throat> and then he provides meat. So at nighttime, um, what is it? What kind of bird are they? Ben, help me out. Quail. There's quails. He read ahead. <clears throat> I was getting a brain fart. Not pigeons, man. Pigeons are gross. Uh, but at night, quail would come enough for them to kill and eat. So they got meat, they got bread in the morning, meat at night, bread in the morning, they got water all day long. Sounds good? Raise your hand if that sounds like a pretty decent meal. So the first thing that I see in this is that God provides our needs. Can we agree on that? God provides our needs. Everything we've ever needed. None of you have died of starvation so far. Hopefully every night, each of you get to lay your head on a pillow. And you get at least two to three meals a day. You get to go to school. And life isn't perfect, right? Life isn't perfect. Sometimes our parents fight. Sometimes they're, they're not who we wanted them to be, or sometimes it's great. Or sometimes we get bullied at school, it's just not perfect. But you know what God does provide is our every need. Everything we need, he provides. Even when we just need a friend, he provides that too. Amen? So here's the next thing. They practice the Sabbath. Raise your hand if you know what the Sabbath is. So the Sabbath is, remember, remember uh, God created on day one, two, three, four, five, six, and on the seventh day he... Rested, okay? So he says, you guys should rest too on the seventh day. So what he tells them is, I'm going to provide for five days enough food for the day. And take as much as you need. On the sixth day, I'm going to give you double. 
So take as much as you need and double that. And then on the seventh day, I will give you nothing. Because I already gave it on the sixth day. And so I don't want you to go and work to harvest it. I want it to already be in your pantry. I want you to already have it. Does that make sense? This is what God says. Sometimes in our lives, this is number two. Sometimes in our lives, we have to realize that God has already provided. Sometimes we're sitting there on the seventh day, walking out. The Bible says that on the seventh day, they walked out and they didn't see anything. God didn't give me anything. And he's like, I... I did. It was the day before. Some of us are standing looking to our future. God, you haven't given me anything. He's like, I did. It was back there. You forgot. Or you didn't have any self-control and you ate it all up. Because I told you I was going to give you two portions on day six. And if the Israelites were like me, I was like, double portion. Let's go. <laughs> Two McChickens? Yes, please. <laughs> uh, four by four? Yes, sir. <laughs> right? But so, so there's a couple things that happen here. <clears throat> he gave you enough so that you could rest. There's something good in that. But this requires trust. This requires me trusting that God is going to give actually a double portion on day six. Or what some of the Israelites would do is start hoarding the portions of day one, two, three, and four, and five. Because, oh, I don't, he didn't give anything on day six. But God said, don't do that. I want you to eat everything. Day one through five. Day one, yeah, one through five. I want you to eat everything. No crumbs, nothing left. So it requires trust. The other thing is it requires self-control. For the folks like me, sometimes it's like, wait, God, so you gave a double portion so that I could use half of it tomorrow, but what if I want double portion today? That ain't how it works. And so, guys, some of you are looking and being like, God hasn't provided for me. Yes, he has. But maybe, maybe we've, maybe we've wasted it. Maybe we've forgot, and it's there. And turn around. Oh, yeah. I remember people who came, came to me years back or whatever and said, oh, man, I feel like God's calling me to this. I'm like, yeah, he is. A couple years later, God, God's just not speaking to me. Because you didn't listen the first time. Does that make sense? I've had people that have been called to youth ministry for 15 years now. I've got friends I'm call, that when I was like 16, I'm called to youth ministry. That's cool. We're like pushing 30 now. Nothing. God's just not speaking. Bro, he spoke. <laughs> you still want to go to school. <laughs> Does that make sense? Sometimes we're like, we want the, we want the benefit of the calling without the, 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 the planting and the watering of the seed. It's like, well, I want what that person has. I want what they have, but God hasn't provided that for me yet. Yes, he has. 
you just haven't walked in it. Does that make sense? This is where the Israelites are. It's like, God hasn't provided for me on the seventh day. Yes, he has. He provided the seventh day on the sixth day. Amen. Number three. Here's a cool story. Chapter 17. We're going to go to verse 8. In between, uh, when God gave, remember he gave the water. He made the water sweet, he gave the bread, and then he gave the meat. The next thing that he did is they ran out of water again, and he had Moses take his staff, the same staff, and he says this, the same staff that you parted the Red Sea with, take that and hit that rock over there. He said, all right, smack. He hits the rock, and water comes out of the rock. God provides again. But here's the next thing, verse 8, chapter 17. Then Amalek came and fought against Israel at Rephidim. The Mo- then, so Moses said to Joshua, ooh. Our first introduction to Joshua. Choose men for us and go out and fight against Amalek. Tomorrow I will station myself at the top of the hill with the staff of God in my hand. Joshua did as Moses told him and fought against Amalek. Verse 11, skip ahead. So it came about when Moses held his hand up, when Moses was like, they were winning the fight. Then when he let his hand down, they were losing. But Moses' hands were heavy. So for the rest of today, tonight's message, I want everybody to raise your hands like this. And hold them up. No, I'm just kidding. Stop. Hold them up for the, the rest of the time. Your shoulders are going to get tired. Your hands are going to get tired. Everything's going to get tired. Put it down. Come on. Don't be ridiculous. But Moses' hands were heavy. So they took a stone and they put it under him. And he sat on it. And Aaron and her, H-U-R, it's a name. Aaron and her supported his hands, one on one side and one on the other. Here's the next thing God will provide for you. You guys ready? Number three, God will provide people to support you. God provides your every need. God has already provided, and God will provide people to support you. What a weird thing. Can you imagine being Moses at the top of this hill? I don't know why. He just stood at the top of this hill watching Joshua just lay it and slay it. Just... Just going crazy, right? And he's just standing there. They're winning. That's what I would do. <laughs> right? But his hands get tired, and, and so oh, we're losing. And his friends sit, sit him on a rock, and they elevate his hands for him. Sometimes we know the very thing that we need to do so that we find victory, but we don't, see, we don't feel like we have the strength to do it. Anybody ever been there? I know what I need to do. I know what I'm called to. I know what I need to walk into, but I don't feel like I have the strength to do it. And here's the thing. You don't. You don't have the strength to do it. That's why you have God. It says his power is made perfect in our weakness. His power is made perfect in our weakness. And here's the other thing. God's not just satisfied with it being a you and him thing. He wants it to be a you and him and all of us thing. That's why it wasn't just God and Adam. Remember, we talked about this in Genesis. God said, man's not, you can't be alone. So he made Eve. So God's going to provide for you. He's going to lead you and guide you. And he's also going to put people to elevate you. Amen? He, got, he gave Moses, Aaron, and her, and he also gave him Joshua to do the dirty work. <laughs> Joshua's down there fighting while these three dudes are just like lifting their hands. But God will give people to support you. 
Raise your hand if you need some support in this crazy world, because I do. I need some support. Whose kid is that? Number four, we skip ahead through verse 18. I'm going to kind of paraphrase this, but here's what happens. So Moses is leading the people, right? And, And they're starting to have strife. Everybody say strife. They're starting to get in quarrels. They're starting to, starting to argue and such. And so Moses is the judge of everything that's going on, right? Moses is like, oh, that, yeah, you're wrong on that one, so take a hike. And uh, you're, But it becomes too much. Because the, the Bible says when they were leaving Egypt, it was 600,000 just counting the men. So rough estimate, they probably have 2 million plus people if you add women and children. So Moses by himself is being... <laughs> The judge of all this. Anybody ever seen the movie Happy Feet? Raise your hand if you've seen Happy Feet. You know, that, what was the dude's name with the, the thing around his neck? No, that's, that, that's a different movie. Knock it off. That surfs up, bro. Get out. Boo. No, I'm just kidding. Happy Feet. Uh, oh, what's his name? Anyways, he's the guy, right? He's got, all the, he's got all this love advice. Remember that, everybody? And he's sitting there on his, on, his, on, his, uh, on his chair, and there's a line all the way down. That's how Moses had to have been, because everybody has issues. And so Moses is, all he's doing, Lovelace. So Moses is like Lovelace. All he has time to do is deal with people's problems. There's two million people. He stole my shoe. Okay, what? I don't care. Move on, right? He called me a bad name. Okay, that's fine. Move on. He cheated on me. Oh, okay, that's a big deal. Come on, <laughs> you know. Like, so Moses is having to sift through all this. So Moses' father-in-law, Jethro, everybody say Jethro. Moses' father-in-law, Jethro, gets a word from the Lord. And so he tells him, hey, Moses, y'all, you ain't got to be doing all that. So he tells him, he said, do this instead. Have certain people appointed that can oversee thousands. Have certain people appointed that can oversee hundreds. And have certain people appointed that can oversee ten. And have the small stuff go through all of them, right, three tiers. And then if it's big, it comes to you. So then now you only have to deal with a few things every once in a while. So the point is not what the advice that he gets. The point is, number four, that God will provide wise counsel. In our lives, God provides everything that we need. God provides already before we knew that he provided. God provides people that will support us. And God also provides wise counsel. But wise counsel is only good if you accept it. Which this, I was about to say this generation, but I want to be that guy. (laughs) Say it. But people in today's world have a really hard time with authority. People in today's world have a really hard time accepting wise counsel. You know, it's like the person who's on their 14th job. Yeah, just the management was just... Toxic, actually. It's just a bad environment. Well, it's your 15th job. <laughs> Maybe. Hear me out. At least eight of them were you. <laughs> right? No, but they just keep telling me what to do. I don't like it. I ain't vibing with it. That's, that's kind of how the whole job thing works. <laughs> right? And it stinks. Sometimes God, you know, I feel God telling me to share something with somebody, some wise counsel. Sometimes it doesn't go well. They're like, yeah, you don't know what you're talking about. Maybe I don't. I don't know. Sometimes I want to give wise counsel, and they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. That's good. Thank you. Thank you so much. 
right? But our life is better if we, if we accept the wise counsel. What if Moses was like, Jethro, you ain't even been here this whole time. You don't know nothing. So leave me alone. When we're, immat- when we're young, that's our default. We don't like correction. If y'all would have been around me when I was a 19-year-old worship leader. <laughs> hey, Brett, we should do, yeah, shut up. <laughs> I literally, I'd be like, yeah, I know what I'm doing, <laughs> right? Which I kind of did, but also at the same time, there's room for people to give advice and, give it, and interject and suggest. Here's the other side of the thing. Who are you taking advice from? I've had people that are like, man, I just, I'm just struggling with my relationship right now. So I'm going to go to all my 14-year-old friends that have never had a boyfriend and ask them what they would do. <laughs> like, what? You know? It's like me, if Danielle and I were struggling. I've got this friend that's been divorced four times. I've got to ask him. <sighs> what am I doing wrong, man? <laughs> Does that make sense, everybody? So if you're wondering, most of your friends don't give good advice. <laughs> Just like most of my friends, like if I, you know, I'm, well, I'm getting older now. I almost said age that I'm way younger. But I'm 27 now. If I go to another 27 youth pastor, 27-year-old youth pastor, and I say, hey, man, what am I doing wrong? It's going to be, we're basically on the same playing field. There might be some good advice for sure. But you know how much more I would get if I went to the 45-year-old youth pastor? I said, man, can you see what I'm doing wrong here? And they're like, yeah, you're just being a little prideful. Oh. Because the 27-year-old might be like, nah, man, don't listen to them. Haters are going to hate. <laughs> just, they, you ain't got time for them. I actually kicked them out of the youth group. Do that. You ain't got space for them. They're not about the culture. Right? We don't have room for that here. Everyone that's going to be here is going to, no, I'm just kidding. I'm going off on a rant now. But, but the 45-year-old, me, hey, Brett, maybe, maybe you're not God, you know. Oh. Maybe there's some students that you're having a hard time with that God's trying to teach you how to pastor them well. Maybe there's some leaders that you're struggling with that God's trying, does that make sense, everybody? Right? But it, it's wise counsel. So who are you getting your advice from? Think about it. The next time you're asking for good advice, who am I getting this advice from? Band, you guys can start coming back up because we're going to sing one more song. <clears throat> and just sing the whole thing. That song was good. Here's my next question, everybody. Everybody look up here while they're doing that. Don't be distracted. Don't be distracted. Here's my next question. Who has God put in your life that you're ignoring? There's someone in your life that God has placed in your life to give you good advice, to give you wise counsel, You good? What? Okay. You got to go? Oh, go. Go. You're good. Go. That's fine. Don't be weird. Go. <laughs> Love you. Get out of here. Everybody else, come up. I'll play keys. It's fine. Um, who, let's go back to the, the question. Kevin, set the mood, man. The mood's all weird now. <clears throat> Just kidding. Who's God, who's God put in your life that you're not listening to? Who's God placed in your life that you're ignoring, right? And then who's, who, who's in your life right now that you're listening to you don't need to be listening to? 
Does that make sense, everybody? Are you with me? So here, let's remember, as we walk through life, God is going to provide all of our needs. Sometimes he's not going to provide all of our wants. Sometimes our wants aren't good. Sometimes he will. God has done some stuff for me that has just been been cool. (laughs) Wow, thanks, God. But I know he'll provide my every need. I know it. And when I come to a place when I'm like, God, you haven't provided, I got to remember, this might be the seventh day. Maybe maybe I just got to look back. He's already provided. Right? And then when I'm struggling, we all struggle. Raise your hand if you struggle sometimes. We're all struggling. God will provide people to support you. Man, I I feel like I got the greatest leadership team in the entire world. Something that happens every time someone comes to our youth group or someone comes to a Sunday morning, they're like, I've, you guys' leadership team is killer. Like, yeah, I know. Appreciate it. Despite what I've told them and led them into. They're good. I got people that support me. I got people that lift me up. I got people that elevate me. I got, and everybody here has got people that elevate you too. It's people that support you. That's my job is to support you, to love you. Here's the thing, the next one. God will give you wise counsel. And some of you, all of us, me included, really need wise counsel. Really need to ask somebody older than you that's been through it, that loves God with all their heart, that you see the fruit of their life. Remember the Bible says that they'll be judged by their fruit. If you're wondering if it's a good person, check the fruit. And sometimes you just need to ask that person, can you just give me some advice? I asked, I was struggling as a youth pastor a couple years ago, and I met with this youth pastor who's like 70 years old. Not a youth pastor anymore, but (laughs) he was. And I asked him, I said, hey, would you, if you could go back and tell 24-year-old you, which is how old I was at the time, if you could go back and tell 24-year-old you just just something, just to set you free, what would you say? And he told me the best advice I've ever gotten as a youth pastor. He said, do less and pray more. I was like, what? He goes, it's not about the hype. It's not about the giveaways. It's not about all the crazy things you could do. Those things will happen. But do less and pray more. And I was like, wow, okay. So I did. The next day I went into my office. I did nothing. I prayed all day long. I felt breakthrough. And every time I feel stuck, I just stop. I pray, I pray, I pray, I pray. And I feel breakthrough. Right? So God's Jehovah Jireh. He'll see you to it. When we stand up as we get ready to worship, there's moments in our life when we're begging, begging God to show up, begging God to provide for us. And I just want to let you know that he's going to. He's going to show up for each and every one of you. You guys are going to walk into situations that are tough. You're going to walk into to, to situations that you didn't expect. Your parent loses their job. Your parents are getting a divorce. You're, you're struggling. You're failing out of school, right? You're, you're, whatever it is, you're struggling with certain things. You're struggling with even who you are. And you're like, ah. God will see to it. God will see to it. And he'll provide your every need. He'll provide people to support you and provide wise counsel. But it only counts if you allow the people in that are there to support you and if you allow the wise counsel to speak into your life. Amen?
And so guys, don't be part of the generation that doesn't like authority and can't let anybody speak into your life. If you let people speak into your life, if you let authority figures encourage you and, and, and give you constructive criticism. T- today for band practice, if you guys didn't notice, they were vibing today. But for the whole band practice, I just critiqued them the whole time. For 45 minutes, I just told them what they did wrong and how they could be better. And for a lot of people, that could be really uncomfortable and that could be upsetting. But for them, they said, okay, I'm going to listen to this. And all of a sudden, something broke loose. It was just an amazing time. Amen? And so let's pray and pray for uh, God to meet us right here in this place. So, Lord, we uh, worship you. We give you praise. God, we ask that you would be with us in these next uh, few moments, God, that as we worship. God, that you would lead us, you would guide us and help us to press in. In Jesus' name, amen.